Welcome to Classic Comedy of Old Time Radio. I'm your host, Ron Ecklebarger. Chester A. Riley meets James Bond, or at least a wannabe forerunner to Bond, in this episode, which is entitled Comic Books. It is the 218th episode of The Life of Riley, and it originally aired on November 5th, 1948. It's new. It's amazing. It's Prell. P-R-P-L-L Shampoo. Yes, Procter & Gamble's new Radiant Cream Shampoo in the handy tube. Prell brings you the life of Riley. Shampoo that removes unsightly dandruff in as little as three minutes, leaves hair more radiantly clean, radiantly lovely, presents The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. In the childhood of Chester Ray Riley, and perhaps yours as well, the boyhood dream was to follow the stirring adventures of the literary heroes of that time. Huck Finn, Tom Sawyer, Jim Hawkins of Treasure Island, Robin Hood, and other stalwarts of the printed page. Today, the modern American boy is moved just as strongly by literature as was his father. Only now his heroes behave just a bit differently. Peg, uh, where's Junior? Out in the yard playing with Egbert Gillis. Oh, with Egbert. Good. Oh, I wish Junior wouldn't spend so much time with that Egbert. Peg, what are you talking about? Look at them out there in the yard. They're playing like little angels. Riley. Yeah, what's the matter? Take another look. Your little angel's tying Gillis's little angel to a tree. <laughs> yeah. Junior probably got that out of Tom Sawyer. <laughs> well, why is he gathering up those logs? Well, I guess he's going to make a raft, like, like in Huckleberry Finn. But, Riley, he's piling them up around Egbert. <laughs> well, we're sure that's to hide him. He, he must have been reading Robin Hood. <laughs> Riley, look. He lit a match. He's touching it to the logs. Holy smoke, he's been reading a cookbook. <laughs> Junior, put that match out. Let Egbert go. Don't you know that firewood costs good money? Well, I wasn't going to lie to him, Pop. We're just pretending. It's just a game. Yeah, well, find some other game. Gillis wouldn't like it if we sent Egbert home on a platter with an apple stuck in his mouth. <laughs> okay, Pop. All right. Well, they were just playing, Peg. Were... Oh, it's those horrible comic books he's been reading that put ideas like that into his head. Oh, now, don't be silly, Peg. Those comics are harmless. I read them all. Happy Hooligan, the Cats and Jammer Kids, Boob McNutt. What laughs? They... <laughs> You're about 30 years behind the time. I'll show you what they call comic books nowadays. Right. There's a pile in this drawer. Here, here. Now, look. Adventures of Dr. Axel, the Axe Murderer. Bebo, the vulture boy. Gruesome Gertie, girl ghoul. <laughs> now laugh that off. Well, the kids got to read something to keep them out of trouble. These won't. They're all about crime. He'll turn into a regular little hoodlum. Well, just from reading a few books. It... Well, you saw what he was doing in the yard. Now it's time you put a stop to it. He won't listen to me. Oh, Peg, you're worrying over nothing. But he reads these books constantly. Don't you realize what kind of an impression it'll leave on his mind? Now, relax, Peg. Junior is just like me. And when I was a kid, I read books all the time. 
And not one of them made the slightest impression on my mind. Riley. Hmm? Uh, please put that paper down. I want to talk to you. Yeah, I'm listening. Did you speak to Junior about those cartoon books? Hmm? Those fantastic cartoon books. Okay, I'll fix the sink tomorrow. Oh. The sink isn't blocked. Riley, Well, I'm... then why ask me to fix it? Riley, will you put that paper away and listen to me? Well, go on. I hear every word you're saying. Now, I want you to Peg, talk... Peg, listen to this. War around the corner, says General. Peg, you believe that? If you don't put that paper down, there'll be war, all right, and it won't be around the corner. Listen to this. Retired Army General Joshua P. Winterbottom, veteran of the Civil War celebrated his 103rd birthday today by declaring that war is imminent. If my country calls, said the general, I am willing to be drafted. <laughs> well, now, there's a guy with guts. Right. He's 103. Foreign agents and spies are everywhere, added the general. No man is safe, even in his own home. Boy, am I glad I don't own my own home. <laughs> guy sounds like he knows what he's talking about. Spies, huh? Oh, now don't go working yourself up but over nothing. But spies everywhere. Listen, it is our duty to be constantly on the alert, he said. Oh, put down that paper, will you? I want to talk to you about Junior's books. Now, Peg, I'm surprised at you. How can you worry over a couple of kid books when your very home is in danger? Nonsense. Why, I wouldn't be surprised if this very minute some sneaking spy is operating a... Peg, quick, put out the lights. Have you gone crazy? Put on those lights. Shh, they'll hear you. Who? Look, on the roof of our garage. What? Looks like somebody with a flashlight. Yeah, but it's blinking. Well, that's code. Morse code. Maybe it's spies. Oh, what would spies be doing around here? Well, I work in an aircraft factory, that's why. They're probably flashing word on how many rivets I riveted last week. <laughs> what if some foreign country finds it out? Oh, Riley, be sensible. What if my boss finds it out? I'd be fired. <laughs> now, listen, Riley. Look, it's... the lights stopped. Maybe they're going away. Quick, call the police. Now, wait, you're not calling the police. Well, okay, I'll go after him myself. It's the duty of every citizen to be on the alert. Don't be afraid. Walking back at me. <laughs> wait. They may be armed. They'll shoot. Get my gun. You haven't got a gun. Well, then I'll face them unarmed. Walk in front of me. <laughs> against the garage. They're on the roof, all right. But what are you waiting for? Climb up the ladder and get him. Who? Me? Uh, uh, take the glory away from you? You get him. Look, somebody's coming down the ladder. Uh, well, let's go back into the house. Live and let live. That's what I say. Come on. Let's... Don't make a move or I'll shoot. Don't shoot, please. It ain't for myself I'm asking, but I got a little boy at home. Just like you, sir. Just like... Uh, junior. <laughs> I thought it was Egbert. We were playing spy. Oh, right. Hey, it's Junior. They were playing. Well, you knew it all the time. Well, you don't think I believed all this bunk about spies. They've been playing this silly game all week. Game? Well, yeah. I'm Terry Turner, Agent F7 of the U.S. Secret Service. Egbert and me got a code. We got out of this book here, you see? Terry Turner, the terror of the underground. You see? That's your comic books for you. Some comic 
Junior, give, give me that book, Junior. What? Well, don't tear it up. I'm tearing up every one of these books you have. But all the fellas have them. Well, they won't when I get through. I'm going to go to every parent in this neighborhood and tell them what these books are doing to their kids. Oh, no, don't, Pop. Now, take it easy, Riley. You don't have to go that far. No, I'm going even further. I'm going to collect every comic book I can lay my hands on and burn them. But, but, Pop, we've got a free press in this country, and my teacher says we've got to fight censorship. Correct. People are entitled to their own ideas, even if you don't agree with them. But there's such a thing as decency. This trash, it's, it's, it's unmoral. This ain't censorship, this is sanitation. <laughs> oh, but, but, Now, if Pop... trying to talk me out of it, my head's made up. Believe me, Mrs. Dirk, and I know what I'm talking about. Them books are ruining our kids' minds. And take my word for it, Bill. These books will turn our kids into hoodlums. Us parents will be home sitting on our rockers while our boys are getting the chair. And another thing about these here books... Sister Riley, I've told you I'm not interested well, in... Well, if you don't care what happens to your kids, I do. Mr. Riley, A I'm not... A fine mother you are. I collected hundreds of books, and you're the first one who won't cooperate. But, Mr. Riley... It's your sacred duty. Who brought those kids into the world? You. And it's up to you to protect them. I'm pleading with you, Mrs... Uh, Mrs... Mr. Riley, I've been trying to tell you I am not married. Well, never mind that You've got to think about your kids Is that you, dear? Hi, Peg Whew, what a load I must have close to a hundred books there Well, at the rate you're going There won't be any left in the neighborhood There ain't they're all piled up near the incinerator. When are you getting rid of them? I'm burning them tonight, and Gillis is going to help me. Oh, I almost forgot. Uh, Mrs. Williams, the chairman of the Parent Teachers Association, phoned, and they want you to speak at their meeting tomorrow night on the menace of this kind of comic book. You're kidding. Me? They want me to make a speech? Well, I'm speechless. <laughs> oh, I'm proud of you, dear. Well, so am I. Well, I better get started burning those books. I'll see you later, Dumplin'. Hi there, Randy. Oh, hi, Gillis. Come on, if we're going to burn those books, let's get a move on. Yeah, they're right over here. I got them all piled, ready for the match. Good. Boy, what a pile. There yeah, must be close to a thousand books here, and every one of them trash. Riley, do you really think this here stuff is bad for kids? Bad? You've got no idea. Sixty percent of the kids who read this turn into criminals. Sixty percent? Go on. For sure. I'd bet you if Dr. Gallup took a poll. <laughs> no, never mind the poll. Let's play it safe. Let's just guess. <laughs> uh, say a hundred percent. Okay, Elmo. To think. To think that those innocent kids are poisoning their minds with this junk. What's that book you got there? Uh, this, oh, this is called The Mouse Man. Mouse Man? Yeah, you see, it says here that whenever he gets in a jam, he escapes by turning himself into a mouse. That's a fine example for the younger generation. Uh, 
Kids actually read this stuff? Hmm. Riley, take your thumb off the page. Can't imagine what those kids see in this trash. Uh, Gillis, you through with this page yet? <laughs> yeah, Dino. Boy, who's that beautiful dame wearing the nickel jay? Uh, she's the leader of the mob. Yeah, what does she want with the mouse man? Well, she wants the secret formula. So she's lured him to her boudoir. Huh? She gets him to sit down on the couch. Then she sits down beside him. <laughs> now she's turning the lights down low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She moves closer to him. She's puckering up her lips. Sign the page! Sign the page! Ah, what do you know? He picked a fine time to turn into a mouse. Trash. Rubbish. Uh, this book here looks even rubbishier. The, the Black Widow. Half woman, half spider. Yeah, look, the mob is torturing her to make her tell where the uranium is. Oh, what inhuman fiends. That poor spider woman. Yeah, they keep spraying her with DDT. <laughs> How does she escape? Well, she continued next week. Gillis, where's next week's? Look at that pile. See if you can find next week's book. We, we, we... Riley, don't tell me you're getting interested in this here trash. Well, who? Me? But don't be a dope. But I, I gotta read it. It's my duty. I gotta know what I'm talking about when I make my speech tomorrow. True. But when you collected these books, you promised to bane them. True. But if I'm gonna expose this trash, I gotta go through them to get the facts. True. But it'll take you two years to read through all this here trash. And if somebody found out, Somebody who didn't know you like I do. They might say you was a hypocrite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I want to do the right thing. Well, personally, it don't make no difference to me one way or the other. It's your problem. It's up to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Gillis. There's only one thing I can do. Where's my matches? Riley, don't find them. Not yet. Who's burning them? It's getting too dark to read. <laughs> bring you the second act of The Life of Riley in just a moment. There's a thrill for you in your first Prell shampoo. Yes, there's a thrill for you in your first Prell shampoo. Procter & Gamble's Radiant Cream Shampoo in the handy tube. The very first time you try Prell, you'll thrill to the glamorous radiance of your hair. Because Prell leaves hair more gloriously radiant than any soap shampoo you've ever used. It can't leave a dulling soap film to cloud your hair's natural highlights. Your very first shampoo will leave your hair radiantly soft, radiantly smooth. And with Prell, hair curls so much better, feels so lovely and sleek, and is so easy to comb and arrange. Prell washed hair is sparkling clean, too, because Prell removes embarrassing dandruff flakes in as little as three minutes. Doctors' examinations proved it. Yes, Prell leaves hair radiantly shining, radiantly clean. So give your hair that radiant air. Use Prell, the Radiant Cream Shampoo. P-R-E-L-L, Prell Shampoo. Buy Prell Shampoo tomorrow. And now back to the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. Supper ready, Peg? Oh, Riley, I didn't expect you so soon. Did you get through with those books? Nah, we won't be through for another two... Uh, 
Uh, oh, oh, the books. Well, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> yep, everything's under control. Uh, let's eat. Uh, where's Junior? Well, in his room. I, I think he's upset over what you're doing. Have a little talk with him and try to make him understand. Ah, you leave it to me. I'll have him eating the palm out of my hand. <laughs> Junior! Junior! Well, maybe he's sore. Well, what's the matter, son? Nothing. Oh, now, come on. Something's eating you. Now, tell your pop. Come on. Hope you had a good time burning up all those books. Now, Junior, I don't like your attitude. I'm entitled to some respect. Remember, I'm old enough to be your father. <laughs> what you have to do it for? All the kids in the block are blaming me. They won't even talk to me. And you should hear what they call you. Hitler. <laughs> well, that's ridiculous. I haven't even got a mustache. <laughs> Pop, these books don't do any harm. Oh, that's what you think. But you read enough of these books with the killing and robbing and kidnapping, and the first thing you know, you quit school and start leading a life of crime. Oh, no, I won't. You start small. You rob a filling station. But pretty soon you're robbing a factory and then a bank. You're a fugitive from justice, a hunted man. I never see you again. My own boy. I have to sneak into the post office to kiss your picture. <laughs> And then one day you come home. The cops are after you. They surround the house. I plead with you to give yourself up, but you refuse. You want to shoot your way out. I won't let you. I try to stop you. You turn on me. Bang, bang, bang. Three bullets right at my head. You shot your own mother. Oh, oh no. Oh, I don't say that, Bob. No, 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 no. No, no, don't cry. I'll, I'll pull through. The bullets bounce off my skull. But, but you see the point, don't you, son? No good can come from these books. And the sooner you forget about them, the better off you'll be. Oh, but gee, Pop, I'll never find out how that spider woman made out when Ratface threw off the pier in that barrel of concrete. Oh, well, she wasn't in the barrel at all, see? <laughs> And when Ratface and his gang came on shore, she caught them all in an invisible web. <laughs> it took them three weeks to strangle. <laughs> Pop, how do you know all this? <laughs> well, I... <laughs> how do I know? Yeah. How could you know what the spider woman would do? What if it is logic? <laughs> I, I just said to myself... Uh, what would I do if I was half spider and half woman? And after that, it was easy. We, we do, let, let's eat supper, Junior. Riley, you better get dressed. Time to leave soon. Peg, I've been thinking. I don't think I'll make that speech. What? You can't back out now. But I don't think I'm the right guy to talk about these books. Oh, nonsense. Everybody's saying how wonderful you are. Where do I get off telling kids what to read? I don't want to be a dictator. One dictator in a family is enough. Oh, now, come on. You just got a bad case of stage fright. No, it ain't that. You don't understand. If you only knew, I, I feel guilty. Now, I'm... stop worrying about Junior. He'll get over it. Now, lie down and relax and you'll feel better. I'll go get dressed. Yeah, lie down and relax, she says. How can I relax? I'm worse than the kids. I'm just a hypocrite. Oh, how low can a man get? Would you really like to know? <laughs> Who's that? It is I. Digby O'Dell, the friendly undertaker. <laughs> Greetings, Riley. 
You're looking fine for you. Uh, oh, it's you, Digger. You scared me. You shouldn't sneak up on people when their eyes are closed. You're the first one who's ever complained. Digger, I'm in a mess. It's my boy. Ah, yes. Children can present festiferous problems. Yesterday, a gang of ruffians stole a sign from a tailor shop and hung it on the door of my business establishment. Oh, I was mortified. Well, why? What did the sign say? Only one try-on necessary. We guarantee a perfect fit. <laughs> well, it ain't what Junior did. It's what I've done with, with the comic books. Ah, yes. I've heard about your magnificent campaign. Congratulations. The effect of these weird publications on the juvenile mind is disastrous. Why, only yesterday, my son, Mossbank, came running into my place of business... Brandishing a revolver. Oh, gee, he must have scared the life out of the people there. He was too late for that. <laughs> there wasn't a living soul in the place. If only these publishers would produce sound, wholesome literature for children. I've submitted a few stories, but they keep rejecting them. Oh, really, Digger? I didn't know you wrote. Oh, yes, I've written quite a few comic books. Samson Strong, Boy Paul Bearer. <laughs> then I wrote... Mort Mortensen's mission, or the mysterious mortician. <laughs> right now I'm working on my own life story. King of the Underground. <laughs> well, there's plenty of happy books for kids to read, like grim fairy tales. Oh, yes, they're gay. I write simple stories. I never put more than one character in a plot. <laughs> Digger. I gotta make a speech at the PTA, but I ain't the right guy to do it. Oh, because... nonsense. Your noble minded effort to safeguard our youth has earned you the eternal gratitude of this community. And in time to come, your name will be revered as a guardian of our American way of life and watchdog of our culture. Well, and someday perhaps a grateful citizen rat will erect a monument to your memory. Yeah, yeah. And on it will be inscribed these words Here lies Riley. Gone but not forgotten. He did the work while the others did nothing. <laughs> oh, Digger, I can hardly wait. When will I get my monument? Don't rush me. Uh, <laughs> well, cheerio. I think I'll be popping off. Uh, so long, Digger. Peg! Peg, hurry up. We'll be late for the meeting. Oh, I feel great. And you're not worried about the speech? No, not anymore. I just had a screwy slant. But the way I look at it, I'm a benefactor. I'm a cultured bulldog guarding the American youth. Well, come on, let's go. Hello, Riley on this end. Mr. Riley, my name is Wesley Newkirk. My organization has been watching your campaign with respect to comic books with a great deal of interest. Oh, well, it was nothing. Almost any great man could have done it. Well, we'd like to show our appreciation for your efforts, so I've been authorized to present you with a special award. An award? Yes. When can I come over? Well, uh, not tonight. I've I got to make a speech at the school. and the... Well, hey, why don't you meet me there and give me the award in front of everybody? Fine. The John J. Boscowitz Junior High on 10th Street. I'll be there. Goodbye, sir. Well. Who was that, Riley? That was a Mr. Newkirk. He's from one of them big organizations, and they're going to give me an award for the work I'm doing. An award? Yeah. Peg, I'm getting more famous every day. Pretty soon, the name of Riley will be a household word, like, uh, like Drano. <laughs> 
now, ladies and gentlemen, we shall have the pleasure of hearing from a man who has done such a magnificent job in combating the menace of lurid, character-destroying cartoon books. The Honorable Chester A. Riley. Well, come on, Come on, start your speech. But, 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 Peg, this Mr. Newkirk can't hear you. You can't I... wait for him. Go on. But I thought that he would... Uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, fellow parents, uh, uh, fellow fathers, and fellow mothers. <laughs> Tonight, I want to tell you how I cleaned up the book situation in this here neighborhood. There ain't a kid around here who's still reading them. I wouldn't be surprised if those crime-spreading publishers were forced to go out of business. That'll give the decent publishers a chance to sell books that don't poison our children's minds. And when I talk about a child's mind, I'm talking to someone who is very close to it. <laughs> Before I go into the details, uh, there, there, is there a Mr. Newkirk in the house? Mr. Newkirk? Uh, that gent in the back who just came in, are you Mr. Newkirk? Yes, I'm Wesley Newkirk. Well, will you step on the platform, Mr. Newkirk? A pleasure. Folks, modesty prevents me from saying what Mr. Newkirk is here for. I will let him speak for himself. The uh, floor is yours, Mr. Newkirk. Thank you, one and all. Mr. Riley, it is true that you have stopped every kid in the neighborhood from reading a certain type of comic book. Nevertheless, by getting the parents to read this literature, you have more than tripled the circulation in this district. <laughs> and so, on behalf of my organization, which proudly prints books with a punch... Namely, the American Association of Punchy Book Publishers. I hereby give you this award with our thanks. A lifetime subscription to 300 comic books and a genuine life-size oil painting in a genuine gold frame of gruesome, dirty girl ghoul. <laughs> What a revolting development this is. The Rileys will be back in just a moment. Friends, do you suffer from unsightly dandruff? Then listen to this. In as little as three minutes, yes, in as little as three minutes, Prell removes embarrassing dandruff. Examinations by a group of doctors proved it. And in most cases, even stubborn dandruff was controlled by only two shampoos a week. So if unsightly dandruff's your problem, don't look any further than that handy Prell tube. You'll love its convenience. You'll love the way just a little Prell whips into mountains of rich, foamy lather. Yes, Prell goes farther than any known shampoo, cream, or liquid because it's more concentrated. Try it the very next time you shampoo. Ask for Prell. P-R-E-L-L, Prell Shampoo, leaves hair radiant, gleaming bright. Not a bit of dandruff is in sight. Comes in a tube, handy too. P-R-E-L-L, Prell Shampoo. Oh, Riley, why did you run out? You should have stayed at the meeting. Oh, Peg, I'll never be able to hold my head up again in this neighborhood. Oh, there, there. After all, you meant well. And the parents realized that. Anyway, all the men in the neighborhood who run newsstands said they'd stop handling that junk. Yeah? Well, well, that's good. Well, what about the kids? They'll read that stuff somehow. They're... Oh, no, they won't. 
Junior said that when all the kids found out that you and Gillis enjoyed reading those books, they realized that the stuff was too silly for them. I see. Well, I think I'll do a little innocent reading. Dumplin', hand me that telephone book. Procter and Gamble invite you to join us again next week to hear The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. The script is by Reuben Schiff, Alan Lipscott, and Dick Powell. Mrs. Riley is Paula Winslow. Digger Odell is John Brown. The Life of Riley is produced by Irving Brecker. And remember, for more radiant hair, free of unsightly dandruff, get the shampoo in the tube. P-R-E-L-L. Prell Shampoo. Here's a money-saving Christmas suggestion, folks. You can get 12 beautiful double-fold Christmas cards with envelopes for only 25 cents and one ivory snow box top. These cards, embossed in full color, are worth up to $1.20. You can save 95 cents on 12. Here's all you do. Send one Ivory Snow box top with your name, address, and 25 cents to Ivory Snow, Cincinnati 1, Ohio. This offer expires December 1st, so send for several sets of these wonderful Christmas cards now. Remember... For each set, send one Ivory Snow box top, your name, address, and 25 cents in coin to Ivory Snow, Cincinnati 1, Ohio. Allow at least two weeks for delivery. This offer is good in continental United States only. This is Ken Niles reminding you to listen again next Friday when Procter & Gamble brings you a full hour of entertainment. First, Red Skelton, and then, The Life of Riley. Good night. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Okay, so Riley didn't meet Bond, but... He did expand his reading list with the incomparable Spider-Woman and gruesome Gertie Girl Ghoul. (laughs) Say that three times fast. Please send your questions and comments to host at ClassicComedyOTR.com. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, in the words of Jackie Joyner-Kersey, it's better to look ahead and prepare than to look back and regret.